Welcome to our podcast, The City Experience, coming to you from San Francisco. I'm Ray, and I'm Amy. And there's a lot of change going on right now as the season of changes here with the new season of autumn here.、Uh, last week we had to change our clocks back, and there's a lot of change going on in our nation and in politics right now with the recent presidential elections that just took place. And we just finished Halloween, so now we are ready for Christmas. But we first got to get to Thanksgiving. So well, I'm but we love Christmas tree and we <laughs> love Christmas decoration. We love Christmas lights. So now it's time for Christmas. Well, I gotta first make a stop at Thanksgiving and get some gratitude on. It, it'll do my heart some good, and same with all that good food. Anyways,、um, what we want to talk about today is the opportunity to use these next fifty-two to sixty-six days, as we heard about last Sunday in our BACC live stream, to really go after personal change and growth. And so today we want to talk about reimagining change, because a lot of times I start off wanting to change. But then don't end up actually changing, because I always thought about change as having to do with my behavior, how I act, speak,、uh, how's my performance going, what should I say, not say, what should I do better or differently, what strategy should I've done, and none of those things have anything to do with my heart. And what I thought was a road to change was actually a road to change my behavior. And what I read in the scriptures this week, it really helped me to see that I can't change. Unless I first change my heart, in Proverbs four twenty three in the NIRV it says, "Above everything else, guard your heart. Everything you do comes from it." Well, I know for me, you know, it's easy for me to change my behavior and not really want to focus on my heart. And growing up in a Chinese family, all my parents want for me is to act right. You know, as long as I look good on the outside, get good grades, be respectful, not get in trouble, then I'll just get all the places from my parents, and then I also got to do what I want to do because they're like, "You're good, so you can do what you want to do."、Right. And they never really focus on my heart, but God is different. He always focus on our hearts and not our behavior.、Uh, even now, as a disciple, it's easy for me to focus on my behavior instead of focus on my heart. Being real, being honest, being vulnerable. And even now, marriage. You、right. know, when I don't deal with my heart, I can just focus on our schedule, the to do, and get mad at you that <laughs> you're、like、anxious that. <laughs> and want you to change your schedule, and、uh, but not really slow down and ask the why and not deal with the heart. You know, how about you out there? You know, do you focus more on the heart or on the behavior? Yeah, I think in those anxious moments that Amy you're talking about, the last thing I'm thinking about is my heart. All I'm thinking about is. You're making me more anxious, or my schedule, <laughs> or all the stuff. But Matthew fifteen eight in the New Century Version tells us actually the biggest area and focus that God has for us is really the heart.、It、says these people show honor to me with words, but their hearts are far from me. And a lot of times I could try to say the right words or try to act differently, and not realize just how far my heart is from God or from you. And so. Today we want to share with you listening the process of change that Amy and I are、uh, going after, and that we're discovering as well. Because we learned from last week, discovery is key in helping us do well spiritually and changing. So we want to talk you through the process of change as we're reimagining changing together. The first thing is we have to be honest about why we're stuck, and we're going to read about a man in John five today、uh, who really finally reimagined change and experienced it. From Jesus in John five verse one in the Living Bible, it says afterwards Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish religious holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was 
Bethesda pool with five covered platforms or porches surrounding it. Crowds of sick folks, lame, blind, or with paralyzed limbs, land the platforms waiting for a certain movement of the water. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, would you like to get well? You know, the NIV says, do you want to get well? You know, this man had been stuck for 38 years. Is there something that you feel stuck in for 38 years? I can really get focused on feeling frustrated and then I start complaining because I could think like, man, for 38 plus years, I haven't been able to change my character or change my uh, uh, selfish ambition to be one where I'm more motivated by genuine love. And so I could be stuck, but not really first deal with why I'm stuck or the areas I'm stuck in. Well, here Jesus was asking the man, would you like to get well, right? It's a question that we feel what is in this man's heart. You know, does he really want to change or or does he really believe he can change? And I know for me, I can have good intention to change, you know, like want to change, but not necessarily changing because I'm not honest about where I'm really at and not honest about what I tolerated in my heart, you know, um, I think for all of us here in, during the pandemic, it's easy to live by our emotion and not want to go deep and see what is in our hearts. For me, I have to be honest about my pride, my lack of time with God, my self-reliance, how much I can make excuses of just, you know, not want to go for a prayer walk because I'm tired or because it's cold or because, you know, just excuses. And so then I pray less, I read less. Uh, I not want to be honest about my bitterness in my marriage. You know, time that I just put the kids above Ray because I'm bitter. Or the time that I go to sleep angry and not want to resolve because I just use tired as an excuse. Or um, or not want to be honest about my selfishness or envy or jealousy. You know, um, during this pandemic time, for me, I just sometimes just want to escape, you know, just want to go on a vacation. I don't know where to go, though, because really, there's <laughs> right. nothing else out there. Or just doesn't want to do anything, you know. How about you? You know, what sins have you tolerated at home? You know, we won't have real change unless we start being honest about our hearts. And there's three things that we learn from Jesus and uh, how he first uh, talks with this man. We know that Jesus, he sees where the man is at and he meets him where he's at. And so we know that in changing, God is always there. He sees us where we're at and he meets us where we're at. Uh, he knows how long this person's been stuck and God knows how long we've each been stuck in the areas where we maybe uh, have given up on trying to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesus wanted to know where this man's heart was really at. And that's the thing that God is most concerned and most passionate about. He always wants to know our hearts. And so the first thing, like we said, is we have to be honest about why we're stuck and where we're stuck. And then the second step in the process of change is this. We have to discover and defeat the four emotional D's of unbelief. You might be asking, what are these four emotional D's of unbelief? Well, we're going to explain it after we read the next part of this passage in John 5 or 7 in the Living Bible. Here's what the man responds to Jesus with. I can't, the sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool at the, mo- at the movement of the water. While I am trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. You know, when we're unspiritual in the way we handle our negative emotions, we actually become more unbelieving. But when we manage our emotions spiritually, that's by being honest and going to God in prayer, uh, going to the scriptures, getting help from spiritual friends. When we manage our emotions spiritually, then we actually gain faith. 
So there are four emotional D's of unbelief that plague this man's heart that obstructed him from real change. And we see it in what he responded to Jesus with. The first thing he says, I can't. You know, that's the first emotional D was discouragement. He was so discouraged that he just said, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I can't change. He lost confidence that he can change. The second D is disgruntled. He was basically saying, I have no one. Everybody else it has someone or has an advantage, but I got no one to help me. So he was just disgruntled about life. Like, great. I'm just left here by myself. The third D is he was despairing. He's like, I'm trying to get there. Like he was, as soon as the water's moved, he was always in despair saying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But he never got there. He was filled with despair. And the fourth emotional D of unbelief is defeated. He just felt defeated. He said, I always miss out. Like someone always gets in ahead of me. Have you ever felt discouraged, disgruntled, despairing, and defeated? When we don't deal with these deep negative emotions, we end up in deep unbelief. And that's what obstructs us from changing. You know, when I first discovered our son had special needs, I reacted with discouragement. I had the same thoughts like, I can't handle this. I don't know what to do. I can't think about how we're going to get through this. I was super discouraged. And then because my son had a difficult time uh, regulating himself and his sensory challenges, he couldn't really sleep very well at night. So those sleepless nights hit me. And in those those sleep depraved nights, I was so disgruntled. Like, man, I've got no one to help me. And Amy's completely passed out. She's exhausted. And I'm like, okay, I'm just in in this by myself. And I was so disgruntled with anger. And then I became despairing. I started feeling like, okay, great. If this is how hard it is and he's only like uh, a toddler right now, how much harder is it going to be? And so all my fears started, started revving up and I started getting despairing. And then finally I got defeated. I felt defeated. Like I can't, I can't live the way I used to. I can't just go out and make spontaneous plans as a family. We can't even go to these great trips to all these big, loud amusement parks because my my son wouldn't be able to handle those with his special needs. And so I just felt completely defeated, and just all these things made me very, very self-indulgent and very self-focused. Then it was a close friend of mine. Uh, who also uh, has special needs going on in his family. He told me this and it changed my mind and just it just was a huge, huge help. He said that I'm going through all this difficulty because he believes God has a great destiny for my son and was changing me to help prepare my son for his destiny. And that just floored me. It made me think about this quote that I read a while back from the American author Zig Ziglar. And the quote says, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. The best is yet to come. You know, these four Ds, discouragement, being disgruntled, being despairing, being defeated. If we don't first deal with these things that that mess up our heart condition, then no matter what plan or strategy we take to change, it's not going to work. Now, one thing that helps me is music. And so I want to take a break and talk about five songs about change that inspire us and I got some help from my friends and from Amy so let's go through our top five songs about change I'll go with the first one uh, as a classic from Sam Cooke a little special shout out to my friend Elroy in the city change is gonna come that is a smooth classic song that change is gonna come Uh, how about you Amy Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer yeah that's a that's a that's a sweet song I like John Mayer 
Um, now here's a throwback to the 90s. Changes by Tupac. Shout out to Carlo De Jesus. That is a classic. Tupac changes. Good stuff. What about change from Christina Aguilar? Yeah, that's a good one. I like the lyrics in that one. That's a really, it's got some really great uh, um, messages to that song. Finally, shout out to Aaron Brown. He gave me this one from Eric Clapton. Change the world. Man, that's a, I love that song. So these are five songs that we want to encourage you that inspire us about change. So now let's talk about the road to change. As we're, as we're talking about reimagining change, let's talk about the road to change that Jesus sets up for this man and that we can learn from. In John 5, verse 8, in the Living Bible says, Jesus told him, stand up, roll up your sleeping mat, and go on home. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. You know, in this passage, we learn some really great stuff here about the road to change. Uh, and I believe there are three R's to the road to, road to change. The first thing Jesus tells this man is to stand up. And you know what the man decided to do? He decided to respond and obey Jesus' words rather than continue to sit there indulging in all his emotions. He actually chose to respond and said, I'm going to do what you said. That's a responsive heart. If we're going to change, we better work at having a responsive heart. And what does that mean? That means when we read the Bible, we actually choose to obey it. You know, the second one is, Jesus says, roll up your roll up your mat. You know, Jesus put the responsibility back on this man. He said, look, this is your mat. Don't wait for someone to try to come and help you and to get bummed out because you have no one to help you. Roll up your mat. That means having a responsible heart. This means taking the time in our relationship with God to do the spiritual, emotional, intellectual, mental work to really get our hearts uh, responding to God and taking responsibility to want to dig in deeper into the Bible and, and pursue the vision and the destiny God has for us. Not waiting for somebody else to make us, not waiting for someone to uh, kind of uh, perk us up, but really taking some personal responsibility to, do want, to want to do well. Finally, Jesus says, and go home to this man. And you know what? This man got up, rolled up his own mat, started walking and went home. And Jesus was telling this man, hey, stop being an island unto yourself and being alone. Go back home. And I love this passage that Moses talks about in Psalm 90 verse 1 in the New Living. It says that, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. You know, home is where God is. It's a relationship with God. And telling this man to go home. Later on, Jesus finds this man and says, see, you're, you're well again. Now stop sitting. Otherwise, something worse may happen to you. And he was basically saying, now that you're well physically, you've got to go and be home with God spiritually and do what pleases God and be intimate with God. You know, hopefully these three R's, having a responsive heart, a responsible heart, and a repentant heart will set you up on first identifying and engaging your heart condition so that you'll be set up to experience uh, an awesome 52 or 66 days or next two months of real personal change. Let's go ahead at this time to take communion and following that, we'll take up our contribution. Let's go ahead and pray for communion. God, thanks again for being a God who always believes in us and who always enables us to change. We see this in the way you had Jesus dying the cross for us and that we have the possibility of changing every single day because you forgive us. And it's in Jesus I pray, amen. Hello everyone, hope you're having a great morning so far. My name is Nick Roby. And I'm Christina Roby. And we hope that you all enjoyed the podcast had an incredible time of fellowship today and are looking forward to more conversations after this. 
As always, it's really great when we can meet in person and get that personal fellowship together. And as we close out, we want to bring you our segment, Highlights of the Day. That's right. But first, we wanted to thank everyone for giving contribution as it goes so far in supporting all that we do as a church, including the digital work. You can go to bacc.cc give, where you will find links to all the ways you can give online. Now, for the college students out there, make sure to save the date because on November 20th, we will be having our November Campus Connection. That's right. And with all the distant learning that's been going on this year, it will be a great time to be together and to meet with other college students from all over the Bay Area as we get inspired about the vision God has for each one of us. The event will start at 7.30 on Friday, November 20th, so stay tuned to our website, bacc.cc, for updates on the free registration. Thank you for tuning in to the City Experience, and have a great rest of your day. Have you ever told yourself that you really need to change something important in your life only to give up in frustration after a week or two of seeing no progress? A study published in the European Journal of Social Psychology found that on average, it takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes automatic, 66 days to be exact. So if you ever felt discouraged after an unsuccessful attempt to make a transformation, just know you're not alone. You may just need help keeping at it a little longer. With this in mind, we're excited to launch a new weekly email series called The Change Plan. Each week, we'll provide you with a Bible study tailored to what you're working on changing personally. You'll get tips and resources to help you stay on track to make your change last. Sign up now at deepspirituality.com change. That's deepspirituality.com change.